You're listening to Philip Mollica's Consciousness Evolution. Find me on Substack and uh, sign up, subscribe, and you will receive all of our columns, articles, audios, videos in your mailbox as they are released. On Endings and Beginnings Challenging Our Understandings of Death and Life As we enter 2024, this is a great time to begin to nurture perspectives of ourselves that serve to help us make sense of our current world and climate. As I frequently say, knowing who and what we are in actuality, along with our purpose in this world, are the single most important things to developing context and reference and allowing ourselves understanding and development of our beings. One of the biggest things we can do to assist ourselves is to examine this belief system around death, of which is massively misunderstood. As a society, we are everywhere inundated with the prospect and finality of death. Our popular entertainment themes offer center around the desperate clinging to life, the ensuing drama given the alternatives of all the unknowns in death catapult us to acts of heroics and the avoidance at all costs of the seeming annihilation of ceasing to exist physically. Our laws and court systems and incarceration make death, whether by design or accident, an event for which justice must be served by those responsible for it. On a more personal level, by the time one reaches my age, we have likely lost, through death, numerous loved ones. Parents, spouses, children, friends, lovers. To the surviving, I offer compassion and comfort. Do not take the rest of what I am about to offer as in any, any way diminishing the loss you feel. The loss is real. The pain can be unbearable. But I think it is time for us to develop a new understanding of death. And in order to do that, we need to have an understanding of life. And to do that, we need to have an understanding of who and what we are. Allow me, if you will, to offer some new perspectives that may give you a great deal more comfort and even peace around this idea of death. These lives, one, while the, these lives, while very real, are not all there is to us. There is a great deal more to us than we realize. Two, we are essence. We are energetic beings. These lives are but one focus of attention of our greater existence. This is not to say that our essence is separate from us. We are our essence. Three, that essence, our essence, sponsors many such lives, many focuses of attention, which are also us. Not only do we have other lives concurrent to the ones we're aware of in this current time frame, but we have other lives throughout history and into the future. Four, all of these lives, past, present, and future, occur now. 
Many of us share an essence that has thousands of focuses, all occurring simultaneously, even as they are also past, present, and future in our terms. 5. Generally speaking, we are at this point only objectively aware of our current manifestation, the life we call ourselves. But we can and do access our other focuses, often without ever realizing that we are. Our proclivities, many of them, are in actuality communications from our other focuses who have such experiences or expertise. One only need consider things we know or are good at that we have no objective reason to know or be good at. That's other focuses sharing information with us. We do the same for them. It also works in reverse. Fears, memories, and traumas that we access from other focuses, such as fear of heights, water, dark, certain types of people. It can be said that we are the sum of not only our own experiences, but those of our other focuses as well. So our birth, life, and death are simply markers for this particular focus. Yet we always existed and will continue to exist throughout eternity. We don't yet understand that we are our essence. We will never be annihilated, the one thing we fear most. And the second piece of that is that we will always know ourselves as ourselves. The sum of all our experiences and even more than that. Our essence communicates to us constantly through our subjective awareness, though we are not aware of it as such. But we can and do communicate not only to ourselves as essence and other focuses, but we can also communicate with those who have transitioned out of physical manifestation. All those people that we think are lost, they aren't. They are as close to us as a sideways step. So let's take these ideas and now project them into our lives and society and see how they affect us and our choices, the choices we are in the habit of making, and perhaps different choices that we can make. First on the list is the idea that the leading cause of death is not cancer or pulmonary disease or any of the usual top 10 list on reasons for dying. These are simply the vehicles. We choose death. We all choose when we die. We may use any number of reasons for dying, but in the end, all of these reasons are by choice because we have chosen to discontinue physical manifestation. We may not objectively choose cancer. We may not objectively choose to get hit by a bus. Nonetheless, we have chosen to end our life. We may choose diseases or accidents to accomplish our choices, but in a very real sense, we choose the moment of death. And leading up to our deaths, we make choices which serve to bring our lives to an end. This, of course, leads to a more nuanced discussion with questions such as, how does a baby choose to die? Well, these questions require wider discussion and a broader understanding of ourselves than I am able to do here at this time. 
there are a million reasons why we might choose to transition. They often are not dramatic or particularly newsworthy. In fact, the vast majority of reasons come down to something so basic that we often dare not face it, and certainly neglect to even mention it or discuss it with another. It is the one thing that is so central to our living that the lack of it is shameful. So shameful, in fact, that we have devised a million different reasons to blame it on, to make it acceptable. A million causes of death that mask the truth of the matter. We stop. We give up. We become tired. We've run our race. We see no path forward. We cease growth. Again, there are, of course, other situations and other reasons, but for many of us, these will be the reasons we move in the direction of disengaging. Our cultures and societies, by and large, assign value to every individual, or the lack thereof. And depending on where we fall in our age, our circumstances, our location, we may find that we no longer feel that we have any value. And if we don't feel we have any value, we likely will soon find existence less and less desirable. And while we profess fealty to the idea that, quote, all men are created equal, unquote, we can see quite clearly that around the world and closer to home, some people are not valued, whether it is by race, sexual orientation, religion, socioeconomic factors, and even our location. We do not yet believe and act like every individual has value. These factors can greatly influence our own choices and can significantly impact our lives and our viewpoints of ourselves. Our culture has very strong belief systems around life and death. These belief systems serve to inform our choices and reinforce our decisions, which very often lead to our deaths. A simple example. We believe our bodies wear out, break down, are susceptible to disease, but we believe that we are victims to our bodies. We are everywhere inundated with this idea from our medical establishments and drug companies. Quote, when cancer strikes, for example, the older we get, the more we succumb to making choices that reinforce that messaging. But it isn't our bodies that are failing us. We are failing our bodies by making choices that reinforce those belief systems. If the previous were true, how can it also be true that our bodies are capable of regeneration and indeed do regenerate to the extent that approximately every seven years our cells have been completely replaced? Now, while we may, through our beliefs and choices, decide to activate cancer in ourselves and subconsciously direct our bodies to develop cancer growth in cells, it is still us calling the shots to our bodies. Again, we may not be objective, objectively aware of doing so, but we most certainly are sending signals to our bodies in one way or another. We will all eventually die. Our bodies are of the earth and exist around the Earth's 
cycles. But how we die, and more importantly, how we live, is well within our ability to project in such a way that we can all experience much more satisfying existences. Because our bodies are only part of the bigger picture, there is a whole other aspect to us that we haven't even begun to recognize or address to in our cultures and societies. It's high time we did. If we were all to understand the basic truths of our existence, our world would look considerably different. And because this is the shift in which we are widening our awareness, we are definitely on deck for this discussion and understanding. And with all that is happening in our world currently, a new perspective in which we value all individuals would certainly be a welcome change. I can feel the people around the world who are increasingly recognizing our interconnectedness. Thanks to the internet, we can clearly see that those of us who hold love and compassion for all of humanity are legion. The old ploys and stories and attitudes that keep us separated cannot sustain themselves when shown the stark light of a growing movement within humankind that has grown tired the old ways and hastened to join us together in celebrating our differences. A clear understanding of who and what we are and our purpose in life certainly lends itself to a more rewarding and satisfying existence. And an understanding of life and death is basic to our movement forward as a species. During our shift in consciousness, many things will become common knowledge that challenge our traditional understandings. I welcome those changes and encourage us to begin to consider alternative ideas about ourselves. These columns and topics are not an end to a conversation, but a beginning. A new year is a great time to begin to reconsider long-held beliefs that impact our lives. There is much more to say in future columns. Thanks for reading. And thanks for being here as part of Philip Malka's Consciousness Evolution on Substack.